0: Welcome to another edition of the weekly, daily fantasy football podcast, IB Sports Podcast Network. With you as always, I am your host Keith Fleming. With me, as always, the man with the stats, Joe Max. What's going on?
1: I'm just trying to recover from that Giants Cardinals game.
0: It was pretty bad. It was brutal. You're not a Falcons fan though. You're still fighting for something. That's uh, true. <laughs> we need a quarterback. We're not going to get one probably because both the Jaguars and Jagu- uh, Jets stink. But uh, it is what it is. I'm still trying to get over last week's picks. Uh, it was not a bad week. Like, honestly, I, I went back and looked at it. And, I mean, it, it by no standard was it bad. In fact, I think our optimal lineup was 190.4, like of just our plays. I would take that any day of the week, yeah. but we were just off on the wrong place. I mean, like, I had Aaron Jones and a ton of lineups. That matchup was just – it was too good. I, I still – I'm still frustrated that that game went the way it did. But just to go over all of our plays real quickly before we obviously get into this week, uh, the – Quarterback position, we actually had a pretty good week. I had Rodgers at 7,500. He had 30.9 points. Rivers at 5,700, had 19.2. Matt Ryan was a bust. Uh your Lamar Jackson, he went off. I think he had like 33.9 points. Finally had the game we've been waiting on. I yep. uh, had to wait until Monday for it, but uh, that was a great game. Tannehill had 16.5 at 6,700. Stafford didn't have a great game. Uh, the running backs... Friggin' Jones, we both had him, 7,600 against Detroit. Just looking our chops, he had 9.5 points. Unfortunately, Mixon, my mid-tier, did not come back. It's looking like he may not be back this week, too. He was going to be on my list again. He's down to, like, 5,300. Uh, if he is, you might want to look at that, again, because you're getting Joe Mixon at 5,300, even if it is against Pittsburgh. Uh, Drake, my low-tier, 5,500, 16 points. I was very happy with that. Uh, your middle-tier, man, Montgomery, goodness gracious, uh, I kind of scoffed at you last week, it as well again, 27.5 points. Well done, Joe. Well done. The wide receivers, it's good to see that the Falcons' secondary still sucks. Keenan Allen had 20.2 points at 7,700. Deontay Johnson got benched at 6,700, yeah. which was shocking. Uh, from what I've read, he'll be back this week. Corey Davis finally came back to earth with 6.4 points. I, I agree with those plays on both up 5,700 Uh, Thielen had a bad game for you. The Minnesota-Tampa Bay game just killed me. Uh, And Aguilar, great pick again. Our low tiers, as usual, were good. 4,700, 23 points. The tight ends were really good. Jusecki had 23.5 points. Uh, Fersker and Schultz didn't really do anything. Uh, You had Hawkinson at your mid-tier at 16.3. Andrews ended up having a good game. Uh, I think he had like 13.8 points on Monday. And then again, the flex... Uh, Metcalf, 8,500 at 18.1. He didn't have the explosion I wanted, but, I mean, that's not going to kill you. Cote at 5,000, 11.4. Patrick, another low-tier guy, 12.6 points. Love that. And then the middle-tier, you had James Robinson, who did not go so well, but Allen, he had 12.6. Allen Robinson, though, 6,800, 30.3 points. He's on fire since Trubisky's came back. Uh, T. Higgins, 9.9 at 4,600. And then I never thought I'd say this, defense, defense, defense. We uh, I had the Seahawks for 3,000. They were high tier at 12 points. Washington was my middle tier at 23. I had the Giants who had one point versus Arizona. Sorry, Joe. Your high tier, the Saints <laughs> had two points. But so then again, your other two defense, your Rams, your middle tier, 21 points. Redskins, 23. I mean, we gave three teams that scored 12 or more points on defense. That won't happen again.
1: No, probably not. It's <laughs> <laughs> as good as it <laughs> gets.
0: It's been a weird year. I mean, last week it was the tight ends, right? I think all of our tight ends Mm -hmm. scored 10 or more points. This week it's the defense. Um, We're going to come into week 15. It's it's that kind of sad time of the year where you realize football season's winding down, fantasy football season's winding down, daily fantasy, all that stuff. I'm going to be getting slowly depressed over the next few weeks. I hate uh, this time of year. But it is it is important to notice, and there's something that um, you didn't listen to a podcast last week. Corey came in, really did a, a masterclass on building lineups. You got to know game narratives. You got to look for guys that are going to get benched, guys that are going to get you know opportunities. Like there's all kinds of things uh, that you need to pay attention to. Uh, Julio Jones is a prime example. I don't know if he's going to play this week. They're saying he might. I'm just going to tell you, as a Falcons fan and somebody who has a brain, why in the hell would he be playing? He's got a bad yeah. hamstring. We're a terrible team. It's only going to help us. Those are the kind of things you need to pay attention to the last few weeks of fantasy because, you know, you get a late scratch and a guy in, uh, you can sometimes, you know, really make out that way. Uh, we saw that with some running back situations this year, so just pay attention to that. The uh, For those that have not listened before, we always go through each position We give a high-tier, low- or medium-tier, low-tier play each, and um, we've done pretty well, so we'll keep going. So quarterback, and I should actually say my theme this week, I think, is value, uh, where I was trying to look for guys, and I'm going, why is this guy priced at this? And Kyler Murray jumped off the page me. He's $7,000 this year. He's at home, which it needs to be noted he has scored, or excuse me, he's at home versus Philly. At home, he scored 31.5 points per game. On the road, he scored 22.7. He's at home. The Eagles are a defense that's middle of the road versus quarterbacks and points per game. However, listen to this list of quarterbacks they faced Haskins, Golf, Burrow, Mullins, Big Ben, Lamar, Danny Dimes twice, and Danucci. I'm seeing three good quarterbacks (laughs) on that list.
1: Yeah, that's rough right there.
0: Now, the last two weeks, they have faced Rodgers, Wilson, and Taysom Hill. They've also started to get lit up a little bit. Uh, They still give up 242 yards per game, over one and a half touchdowns. And then what really intrigues me, they give up five carries for 28 yards and six touchdowns to quarterbacks. Lamar had nine carries for 128 yards in their matchup. Danny Dimes, your boy, Daniel Jones, had 18 carries for 172 yards and two touchdowns in their two games. I think Murray is priced entirely too low. Yes, he's had like a, four ba- a bad four-game stretch. He's been banged up. He's been averaging 15.25 points per game during that. But before that... <laughs> I mean, he was averaging close to 30 a game, and you're getting him for 7,000 against a team that has shown they can get beat by running quarterbacks pretty bad. They're not great against the pass, and he's at home where he's he's, he's even better. I love Cal Merritt at 730, especially compared with the price of the guys above him, and you can get every bit of the game out of him, if not more, if he goes off.
1: Yeah, I mean, that Eagles D, they still rush the passer well, but that's really the only thing that's... like Their their coverage has been pretty weak when they haven't gotten pressure. Obviously, Kyler's mobile, so if he's able to get out and open things up, I think that's going to be a big problem for them. And I do have one of the receivers on the Cardinals on my list, so I think it, it would be an expensive double stack with him and Hopkins, but I think it could be worth it this week. Uh, my top tier guys. Oh, they
0: had plenty of games this year where they both. Oh yeah,
1: off. absolutely. Uh, my top tier guys: Aaron Rodgers at 7,800. He's one of the more expensive guys this week, but I mean, I'm not that worried about price until I get in, over the 8,000s. Generally, um, last eight games, so since the disaster at uh, Tampa, 23 and a half or more every single game.
0: Was he hungover? What
1: happened there? I have no idea. That's, mean, that's the only t- bad
0: game he had all year.
1: It is. It's it's really bizarre how bad he was in that game, considering how he's been classic MVP like twenty eleven Rodgers they in every other really game.
0: Defense since then, like it's not it's right. like
1: yeah. But, I mean, he lit up the Saints. I think that was even before the Tampa Bay game. Right. So I don't I don't know what's going on with Tampa Bay. There, it's that weird thing where. The Saints can't beat the Packers. The Packers can't beat the Bucs, and the Bucs can definitely not beat the Saints. But 23 and a half every single game for half of a season now. Uh, he's been over 280 yards in seven of eight. He's thrown at least three touchdowns in seven of those, and the other one he threw two. So, again, the production is just insane and super consistent, and the Panthers are a good defense to face. 26th against QBs on DraftKings, 27th in pass DVOA. Um, They've given up at least 280 yards and three touchdowns in four of their last five. That includes Drew Locke last week, and he only threw 27 passes to do that. Four touchdowns. touchdowns? I I believe it was four touchdowns and just under 300 yards. So if Drew Locke can do that to you, then I think Aaron Rodgers can. Maybe the line of the podcast. I love it. And if if he's a little too expensive, I think Lamar Jackson, again, is a great play this week at 7,500. The Jags have given up at least 200 yards and two scores in seven straight games. And, again, that's just passing. So that's before you factor in that Lamar Jackson is back to just being absolutely insane as a runner, as we saw last week. So I think either of those guys is a great play this week.
0: And to me, you know Lamar Jackson's back when – As somebody who had him in some lineups and stuff, you were just infuriated by how many wide-open touchdown passes he missed. Because, you know, he came out and was running great early. And when he does that, he is so terrifying defenses that just pretty much a fly pattern turns into a, you know, if he throws a good pass, a walk into the end zone. I saw him back-to-back plays. He overthrew wide-open touchdowns. Uh, But they're still scary. I mean, it's like what I tell people. The Ravens, I think, have gotten more back to just what works instead of trying to kind of expand their offense. And I still would not want to play them in the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. Uh, All right. right. My middle tier is Phillip Rivers, which I know that's shocking. I really do like your middle tier play. He was almost my, like, I didn't know whether that's a high tier or a middle tier. Uh, yeah,
1: college. I'm a little high on the QB prices. This well, week. I
0: mean, it was, it was a week that really, that was the break off. Like to me, Brady was the lowest at 6,600 that I would consider uh, sort of in that, you know, not upper echelon of quarterbacks, where it's not almost, you know, I don't want to say it's guaranteed, but you got a very good chance of those guys above, they're going to at least score 18 to 20 points. Uh, but Rivers has been really consistent of his own. Uh, now, not Rodgers consistent over his last eight, but for his cost, he has been. He scored 17.8 points or more in seven out of eight, 19 or more in five of his last eight, has thrown multiple touchdown passes in his last four, He also scored 19.2 against this Houston team two weeks ago. The Texans have given up 25 touchdowns on the season and excluding the win-store game with the Browns. They've given up 16 touchdowns through the air in their last seven at this price against this D. I think there's a very low chance he has a dud and with the connection he seems to be making with a guy that we're going to talk about a little bit more and just a little bit T.Y. Hilton. I think it's just as likely he exceeds the 20-point threshold as it is that he scores under, like, say, 15 points. Uh, I think Rivers is a guy that at 5,900, you can put in your lineup, no, I'm going to get at least 15, 20 points out of him, and you go from there.
1: Yeah. You and I were talking the other day about how Houston has become one of those defenses where you've got to be playing somebody (laughs) against them like, pretty much every week. Pretty much everybody against them. Yeah, and Rivers, is he and T.Y. both just looked a lot better the last few weeks. So there might be a time where that stops, but I would be very surprised if it's this week against Houston. Um, yeah, as we said, my middle-tier guy is pretty expensive. In fact, my lower-tier guy is more expensive than Phillip Rivers. So. But uh, Tom Brady at 6,600. Um, so his last let's see, five weeks, he's gone five points, 35 points, 15, 27, <laughs> 16. So, you know, obviously I wouldn't actually bet money on the I, swapping weeks up and down, but if we're doing that, this is going to be the up week where he's scoring 25 plus. And a double against the um, Falcons,
0: I like his chances.
1: Yeah. He's and, tormented
0: I mean, us too for his career.
1: Tormented. And the, the, Despite what those scores suggest, he's actually been consistently throwing touchdown passes at least in seven of his last eight. He's thrown at least two touchdowns. Uh, Ronald Jones just went on the COVID list and he's recovered pinky point. surgery. So I expect an even heavier lean on the pass. Plus, Atlanta's actually been very good against the run. And as we, they've been better against the pass over the last month, but. Still on the year, this is one of the worst pass defenses. Again, so all I'll you have to
0: do is watch Keenan Allen. He could get a pass yeah. whenever he wanted. Same thing for Eckler. Like with those weapons, I, I have a feeling we're gonna have a hard time stopping Tampa Bay. It may be yeah. more chunk, pl- you know, that make chunk plays and just more moving the chains, moving the chains, moving the chains.
1: But uh Bray's very good at that, as we know.
0: Exactly. And I like Gronk. I like uh Godwin this week. Evans is the one I'm not sure about, uh only because we have we haven't given up very many big plays lately. But I think those guys that just you know move the chains and also can break, you know, basically any five, ten yard pass into a big gain, you better watch out for them this week.
1: Yeah. So even though Atlanta's improving, still bottom five in passing yards and passing touchdowns. Uh, multiple passing touchdowns in three of their last five, and that includes games against Drew Locke yet again shows up here and Taysom Hill because, yeah, anytime your team gives up good fantasy points to Drew Locke, you know, it's a bad sign. And so don't I forget really, like, the I'm Derek ready.
0: Carr game where they gave up like 100 yards, you know, passing and only six points, so it's a little skewed,
1: yeah. And I think one of those games was also, I believe, like the first Taysom Hill game, so yeah, they ran it like 50 that, that, times. That, that was, those were the two games where they didn't give up multiple scores over the last five weeks. So I wouldn't read into those ones very much. I think, at minimum, Brady's throwing 250-plus, and he's getting two or three touchdowns.
0: Let's put it this way. I had some Saints friends who were you know, convinced that Taysom Hill had figured out how to throw because they watched him complete so many passes against my Falcons. I went, <laughs> that's full as gold, buddy. You go ahead and think of that. Uh, my bargain tier— I'm going with the the mustache warrior Gardner Minshew, fifty-three right, hundred like at Baltimore. He scored thirteen points last week in mop-up time in the second half, uh, replacing Glenning. But then, if you look in the games he started this year, nineteen or more in six out of seven, and twenty or more in five out of those seven. I mean, this is fifty-three hundred. Baltimore has not been great lately versus the pass. They've given up seven touchdowns in their last four and multiple touchdown passes in five of their last eight. I think the Ravens are going to be up. I think Minshew will be flinging it, especially in the second half. Again, at 5,300, you get a guy who's averaged basically 20 points per game, and you think he's going to be down and throwing the majority of it. I mean, I actually could see Minshew being kind of one of those Drew Lock. Carr plays yeah. at this price where, I mean, he could end up throwing three, four touchdowns, and the Ravens still winning this game fairly easily, uh, which I could see both things happen. And, again, at 5,300, talked about building your lineups last week with Corey. I like it if you take maybe, uh, you know, a couple of the running backs for the Ravens. Maybe, you know, you take both, Dobbins and Edwards, you know, to this this kind of game plan that you're thinking of. Menchie gets a lot of his points late. Uh, But, again, at 5,300, he's been really consistent, something that Joe was going to earlier in the year. I'm jumping on it here.
1: Yeah. um, I would also – he's a guy where – the hard part with the Jags is figuring out who you want to stack with when you take a quarterback. But I think that's a really good low play is get him, choose the Jags wide receiver that you think is going to go off and then just spend a ton of money on other spots.
0: A reminder that Shark, who is, I know, disappointed most of the year, him and Minshew have a decent connection. He did not have a good connection in the two or three games that he played with Glennon. Uh, he's no. gotten really cheap. And you got to remember, this is a guy that has had games this year. I think he's had like four or five games. He's had 10-plus targets. He's had, I think, three or four games where he scored 15 or more points. Right. He's at like $5,000. Somebody take a look at it, especially if you're going to play Minshew.
1: Yeah, I actually have a different Jags receiver on my list this week, but I almost put Shark on there. Uh, seven of his eight end zone targets this year were with Minshew in the lineup, so his stock definitely goes up. And you have to assume not a lot of people are going to be playing him after he's put up like 12 points total over the last three weeks. So he's <laughs> what he does, though. He'll have
0: like two games. Right, and they'll he'll score, score 30. So. Yeah, and you're like, son of a bitch.
1: Yeah, you just never know. Um, my low-tier guy is Taysom Hill at 6,000. Yeah, I I wouldn't love him passing against, you know, (laughs) if he had to pass against the Steelers. or Sorry, if he had to play his own defense, I would not want him passing the ball. But the reality is he scored at least 18 and a half in every game he started at QB. Uh, He's actually gone over 230 yards passing in three of them. He has two passing touchdowns in each of the last two games. And then he's averaged 52 yards on the ground with four total touchdowns there. So, as we've seen before, you don't actually have to be a great passing QB. Jalen Hurts, Cam Newton, and showed us that. If you just have value on the ground, you'll get points. And Kansas City's defense is a solid defense, but again, because they put up so many points, teams pass against them. They're 29th on DraftKings. They've given up multiple passing touchdowns in each of their last five and at least 270 yard, five yards passing in four of those. So I expect them to, you know, again, Saints have one of the better defenses, but I'm not betting on anyone to really control this Chiefs offense. So Taysom's going to have to pass, and we know he's going to run. So at 6,000, I'm expecting another 20-point, you know, low 20 game, which at 6,000 I'd happily take. So I like him, and... I don't know that he's a guy where I don't know that you need to stack. Michael Thomas has been pretty good with Taysom, but he's kind of a guy I think you can just ride on his own because of that rushing value.
0: Yeah, and I mean, we talked about last week, you don't have to stack. I mean, I've had yeah. some very successful lineups this year where I don't stack. I mean, in, in some ways, if, especially if you think either the quarterback or, you know, you get some receivers that can go off on their own. Uh, but I, if you I'm going to Minshew,
1: though. I'm stacking 100% with someone because that's so low value.
0: value. Exactly. I think when you go to the lower tier guys, you kind of have to
1: Yeah, uh, because you're
0: going for a home run in two places. And that way you can build your lineup with a lot more salary elsewhere. Uh, It also just needs to be said that uh, the chiefs can't put anybody away. So that's even more reason that, whether Taysom Hill does well from the get-go or it's late in the game, I, I do see him putting up some points. And also, the Chiefs have had games where they really struggle uh, with physical running backs. And, I mean, let's be honest, that's basically what Taysom Hill is. Uh, yeah. Moving on to running backs, Jonathan Taylor, 7,200 versus Houston's my high-tier guy. I don't know if I can ever remember a dude who went from the next big thing <laughs> to what a piece of trash to a Hall of Famer. And what, what 14 weeks, but that's what's happened. Now, I just want to let you know, too, it's hard to argue. There is a lot of good running backs this week. Derrick Henry, I think he's like 9,500. I mean, it's the best matchup in the world, but 9,500 for running back is so expensive. Uh, Nick Chubb, great matchup, 7,700. Eckler, he proved last week that, you know, if it wasn't for the greatness of Bill Belichick, he is matchup proof. I mean... The Falcons didn't really let him run at all. He still had twenty some points. He didn't score a touchdown. He didn't get more than seventy yards in rushing or receiving. That's how many receptions he got, targets. Uh, and then Aaron Jones off of just screwing us. He's got another really <laughs> great matchup, uh, and it's not you know again overpriced. But Taylor is seventy two hundred. That's considerably cheaper, especially than Henry. And it's also a really good matchup. You talked about how bad the Texans are. They've given up a touchdown on the ground every game but one this year. Every game but one, they give almost 140 yards per game, 5.38 yards per carry, and in the last four, they have given up 25 catches for 267 yards to opposing running backs. Taylor has scored 71 points in his last three games. The big thing is 55 carries, two touchdowns. He is the unquestioned lead back now in this offense, And he's also starting to finally get some targets. He's got in nine targets during that time. He's made a catch on all of So he's turned those nine targets into nine catches for 83 yards, another score. I think he's due for just a monster game. And so one thing he hasn't had, if you watched him in college, he's one of those guys that just kind of builds momentum. and next thing you know, he's gone, gone. I can't help but think of Montgomery Last week versus this Houston defense, taking an 80-yard run for a touchdown. If Taylor Mm -hmm. does something like that early in this game, he could easily end up with 180, 200 yards and two touchdowns before it's over with. And, again, 7,200 is actually relatively cheap when you look at those guys above him. Again, who I I like all those guys. But at 7,200, I can kind of fill up my lineup a little bit better. Jonathan Taylor is my top-tier running back.
1: Yeah, I like him a lot. Uh, He's – Doing this too late to, saving, to save one of my season-long fantasy teams, but happily play him in DraftKings. I think he was on one of my teams that won uh, money last week, so glad he's finally broken through. Uh, you, t- you also mentioned my Tier 1 guy, which is Austin at 7,500. Obviously, key thing to do is check his availability tomorrow. He's playing Thursday, so he's only going to be available in any lineups that involve Thursday to Monday or just playing Thursday games. But since returning from injury, he scored 23 points in both games where New England wasn't destroying the soul of the Chargers. (laughs) And even even in that 45-0, just total demolishing, he's still at managed 10.8. He's averaging 4.7 yards per carry on the year. And over the last three games, 24 receptions on 34 targets, which is just absurd for a running back. I mean... My no, PPR girl. league,
0: I'm still so angry he got hurt because he was still in oh, the draft. We're having like a third round. I'm like, you suck. Oh, my gosh. He was there <laughs> back this year, and then uh, I guess I was a sucker.
1: Yeah, I mean, you just running backs, injuries, you never know. Um, but the Raiders, I've talked about this every time. There's a running back against the Raiders. Great matchup, 29th on DraftKings. Uh, total yards, 152 per game, two running backs. Five yards per carry. They've given up 18 touchdowns to running backs. Only the Lions have given up more. And here's the total yards and touchdowns over the last four games for running backs against them. 135 yards, three touchdowns. 134 yards, one touchdown. 193 yards, one touchdown. And last week, 247 yards and two touchdowns, which, of course, was the Colts. So, I mean, the Raiders or is it an awful defense in general, but especially against running backs. And we know Austin Eckler is going to have great volume. And his floor is about as high as it can be because he's going to get five or six receptions.
0: Do you like Bellagio for some reason he doesn't play or as a lower tier option? I don't
1: know. What, I didn't see his price, but I'm assuming he's probably, what, he's below 6000 at least. Oh, so. I think he's
0: actually like $5,000.
1: Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, if you're playing any of those Thursday lineups and Eckler's not available, I would take a hard look at... But was Balazs getting the majority by the time... I can't. I couldn't keep track of that Chargers backfield, but if you feel confident that Balazs is going to be the main back in that he's game... He's
0: 4,000 this week, uh, and he's gotten seven carries, 10 and eight touches the last two weeks. Okay, so uh, it seems
1: like they're still involving him where they're not right. involving other guys, so... Yeah, if he's not playing, then at 4000 absolutely, that's w- well worth the risk against this Raiders defense.
0: So my uh, middle-tier guy is one of Joe's guys. It's Wayne Goldman of the New York Giants. And, again, this week for me is about value. And he's 5,600. You're getting a guy 5,600 who is undervalued. He scored double figures in seven straight. When you're getting down to guys in the 5,600 range, I can promise you – Uh, you're not going to get seven straight double-figure games. He has a touchdown in five of those seven. In the previous two games, before his last week's game versus the Cardinals, he had 24 carries for 94 yards and 16 for 135. Obviously, last week he had 12 for 57, but they got down really early. They had to abandon the run. I think the Giants versus the Browns this week keep the game close. Therefore, Gallman gets his carries. And I just want a safe play at 5,600. If I, it was kind of like Drake last week at 5,500. I was not at all disappointed with 16 points he got me. And if Gallman gets me 15 to 16, I'm ecstatic. If he goes off and has 20 to 25, I'm in, I'm in great shape. Uh, and I just, he's going to get W figures again. And he's one two touchdown game away from having a breakout performance. Something that is very possible if the Giants get into the red zone a good bit, which I think in this game versus the Browns, they can. We saw how easy the Ravens moved it. On the Browns, predominantly running the football—that is what the Giants' strength is. I would not be surprised if they are able to run the ball on them as well.
1: I mean, yeah, the—I think we're going to be especially doubling down on the run game this week because Jones also twisted in his ankle at, late in the Cardinals game, so he's going to be probably even less mobile than last week if he plays. <laughs> And otherwise, it's Colt McCoy. And anyone who watched that Seahawks game knows that we were just running every chance we got. And that that was Gallman's biggest game of the year from a yardage standpoint. He just, the problem for him in that game was that Alfred Morris stole his touchdowns. But I like that play. Uh, My mid tier guy is Mike Davis at 6,500. Three straight games over 10 points. He's kind of been bouncing back recently, Uh, 26.3 last week. Uh, Over that three-week span, at least 16 touches and two receptions in every game. So he's seeing the opportunity. The Packers are 27th on DraftKings against running backs. They average 144 total yards given up to running backs and 18 touchdowns, which, again, that ties them with the Raiders for the second most in the NFL. And obviously the danger there is I fully expect the Packers to absolutely light up the Panthers. (sighs) But no one has given up more receiving yards to backs this year than the Green Bay Packers. And in fact, in three of their last four, they've given up at least six receptions and 50 yards to running backs. So I expect Mike Davis to be heavily involved no matter how this game plays out. Obviously, you know, if you're doing that Aaron Rodgers one, you know, even if you don't like Davis, take a look at those receivers because... The Panthers are gonna need to throw a lot in this game, so I think Davis can rack up the receptions. But you can also look at their wideouts.
0: I, I love Davis. We talked about it on the phone earlier this week. This is the last week you're probably gonna get him. Uh, McCaffrey yeah. obviously is gonna be like 9,500. I'm not comparing Davis to McCaffrey, but Davis' production for his cost is actually a better bargain than McCaffrey at his cost because Davis is he gets the ball in the red zone, he catches passes, he's a three day, he's basically in the McCaffrey role of what's still a pretty good offense. I mean, they're just they're awful on defense. We thought earlier in the year it was just against the run, we've seen lately they're bad against the run in the pass. Uh, my bargain-tier guy, and I, I love this play this week, Gus Edwards, 4,400 versus Jaguars. Uh, don't look now. He scored double figures in two straight, four out of his last seven. He scored all six of his touchdowns in the last eight games. And the main thing, he is trending towards the clear number two back in that offense. Uh, J.K. Dobbins is great, and he is the lead back, but he is the lightning with Lamar Jackson. There has to be a thunder. That was, you know, Mark Ingram. Ingram appears to have, unfortunately, as happens with running back, just he's done. Like, he just doesn't have it anymore. He hasn't looked good all year. Gus Edwards is averaging like seven, eight yards a carry the last three games. Uh, he's taking over that role. I mean, they're going to run the ball in this game. I mean, that's what they do. They should be up, potentially giving him more opportunities. In just the last four games, the last four, the Jags have given up 675 yards rushing and four touchdowns. 675 yards and four touchdowns in four games. At 4,400, he is worth the play. You could mix him in with a top-tier back. You can go get one of those top tier quarterbacks by by putting them in your lineup. There's a lot of options you can do, and he can easily get you 15, 20 points at forty four hundred. And I think against a team like this that they should be in control. The the floor is probably six or seven, which again at forty four hundred it's not going to kill you. Uh, and a touchdown, you know, obviously get you the double figures, which is all I want. Who's your low tier, Joe?
1: Yeah, I like both Ravens running backs this week. I think you can't go. Yeah, I like Dobbins there. a lot
0: too. Fifty nine hundred, right?
1: Yeah, 5,900. So I expect to have one of those guys in probably a majority of my lineups or close to it. Um, my tier three guy, this is just how bad the Texans are against running backs. Again, dead last on draft Kings against running backs is Naheem Hines at 5,400. Um, even, even as we've seen, you know, the, the reins have been passed in that Colts backfield. Hines is still being heavily involved. He's averaging 16 points over his last five, 4.6 receptions and eight runs on average during that five-week span. So he's getting involved. If he gets you five receptions, you're already halfway to double-digit points before you factor in any yardage on those receptions. And the Texans, in three of their last four games, have given up at least eight receptions and 70 yards to running backs. So they've been hit heavily, in the passing game by running backs. And we know that Hines is going to remain the main guy on passing downs for this Colts offense. So I think you can play either of those guys and expect a solid showing.
0: I I completely agree. I love Hines. He's been one of my favorite plays this year. Uh, he's he's just consistent. He's going to get you double yeah. figures most weeks. Uh, and again, he's always, you know, at the most like 53, 54 hundred. You can't beat that. Moving on to wide receivers. I had a hard time with the high-end receivers. Uh, I do like your play. He was actually the one guy I was really considering. I don't like Ridley's questionable. That that makes me nervous. Brown's questionable. That makes me nervous. I will say Robinson is in my, my flex. Uh, Jefferson, again, bad matchup. Thomas, questionable, bad matchup. Thielen, bad matchup. So you're getting all the way down to that 7,000 range. I don't think Julio is going to play. That's the only reason he's not my top tier guy, sixty nine hundred. Uh, yeah. And I didn't know who to take of Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. There's a very good chance one of them could go a off. Soft call. Uh, but Cup doesn't have a questionable tag next to him right now. That's why I ended up going with him. If you went with Robert Woods, I'm not going to say anything. That's, I think I think actually yeah. both of them could end up being solid plays, and it's one of those that one of them is going to have a big game uh cup has scored double figures in 10 of his last 12. He is the more consistent of the two. Woods is the one that's more likely to go off. The yeah. Jets D has been giving up almost 200 yards per game. They've been up 15 touchdowns to receivers. You can call this a hunch. And I've been pretty good at it this year, but Cup only has 3 touchdowns on 79 receptions for 869 yards. I'll say it over and over and over again. That's bad luck. Like, when you have that many <laughs> catches and yards, it's kind of like what I said about Keenan Allen earlier in the year. I would not be surprised if Cooper Cup over the last three games catches at least two or three touchdowns because mm-hmm. it's just not going to make sense for a guy to get 100 receptions over 1,000 yards and only have three touchdowns, especially for a guy last year I think he had like 10 or 11, So or maybe it was two years ago. But Cup has had a year where he exploded with touchdowns, Again, Cup, Woods, either one of them. I love them both, but Cup is my high tier at 7,000.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that Jets backfield is, was bad to begin with or ravaged by injuries. I think, yeah, just take your pick on which guy you think's going to go off in that Rams receiving core. Uh, my tier one guy is DeAndre Hopkins at 7,900. Um, he hasn't been lighting the world on fire like he did that first month, but this is still a guy – who on the season has six games over 25 points. So basically, you know, half the games this season, he's just gone off Um, five straight games with at least five receptions and 10 points, Uh, at least seven targets in all but one game. So again, you, I mean, he's DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be heavily involved. Uh, Eagles are 17th against wide receivers on DraftKings. He has, you know, obviously Darius Slay is on the Eagles, but, He still has the 8th biggest PFF advantage over a corner this week. And then Slay over the last three weeks against number one wide receivers. DK Metcalf 10 receptions for 177 yards. Devontae Adams, 10 for 121 and two touchdowns. And Michael Thomas, 8 for 84. So obviously he's been struggling to limit number one wide receivers. So I don't see a reason that stops facing DeAndre Hopkins. And, again, Kyler Murray's throwing to him, not Taysom Hill, which is what Michael Thomas had to deal with. So I, if you're going to spend big money on a wide receiver, I'd be going with Hopkins.
0: I love that play. You have the same middle tier as me, right, this week, Brandon? Yes,
1: we, absolutely.
0: So, I mean, we've talked about this numerous times on the podcast. To get a receiver, whether it be a tight end or a wide receiver, that averages 20 points or more, you're going to pay eight grand. I mean, you just are. Basically, if you look at guys, once they get up to that range, that's why we were all over Corey Davis a few weeks ago when he went off for 38.3 points. Ayuk, in his last four starts, 49 targets, 30 receptions, 380 yards, three touchdowns. He scored 19.7 or more in his last five starts. Uh, He's way undervalued, like way undervalued at 6,200 Uh, This is a Cowboys team who's given up 22 passing touchdowns on the season. Uh, The Cowboys have played the Redskins, Bengals, and Ravens the last three weeks. So people have kind of gotten off the scent of how bad the Cowboys are at defending the pass because those teams don't throw the ball, especially to wide receivers. But before that, they gave up in a five-week span 10 touchdowns and 780 yards just to wide receivers. You can get at this team. Ayuk has been great with Mullins. He's probably my favorite play this week. I know. I can hear Corey saying, well, he's going to be owned a lot. I don't care. At 6,300, <laughs> you better be on his ass because it's pretty much a guaranteed 20 points against this pitiful defense. And Ayuk has the ability to make big plays, which receivers have done on the Cowboys secondary all year. This could be his breakout game because he's been consistently in that like 19 to 24 point range. I wouldn't be surprised if he had... You know, eight catches, 150 yards, and two touchdowns. I love Ayuk at 6,300. Obviously, I know you do, too, because he's also your middle-tier guy.
1: I mean, like you said, just the, the consistency that he's had over the last five games. Again, minimum of six receptions, 75 yards, and like you said, 19.7 points. Like, he's been a top-10 wide receiver over the last month, and – Like you said, and I've been pounding this for weeks, Dallas Cowboys give up more touchdowns to receivers than anyone else. And I'd actually also look at uh, Kendrick Bourne because I believe Debo Samuel is out for the year now. And so Bourne Bourne should be the number two, and he's only, I believe, 4,000 this week. I could be off by like 100 either way there. But I would also take a look at him because – Someone's going to be scoring touchdowns for the wide receivers, and then of course it will most likely be i u he looks fantastic
0: he look, he really does look great uh i i again. It's funny that I have to try to pump up to Allen, who's actually a Niners fan, how good I think Brandon Ayuk is (laughs) as a receiver. And he's like, he's all right. And I'm like, you were all over Debo Samuel last year. Like, what is going on? This guy is more talented than Debo Samuel.
1: Yeah, Ayuk does more down the field than Debo does. Yeah, like
0: he's got like, if they got a quarterback who consistently throw it down the field, I mean, they That would help. (laughs) Yeah, he he could be a real weapon. Uh, My low tier, and this is another guy I really like this week, is Russell Gage, 4,700 versus Tampa Bay. Now, if Julio doesn't play, which I really do think he's not going to, I think they're going to shut him down. I think they're not publicly saying that, but the fact that he hasn't practiced, again, what does he have to come back for? But even if Julio does, I like him. Gage has scored double figures in three of his last four. He's had 32 targets in that four-game stretch, so you're getting a number three receiver if Julio plays, who's averaging eight targets a game over the last month. He's the clear number three option on a team that throws a lot, is down a lot, uh, stroves running the ball. These are all good things for a wide receiver that's cheap. Uh, the Bucs did appear to get their act together last week at home versus the Vikings, but do not forget those previous four games. They gave up 76 receptions, 955 yards, and eight touchdowns to just wide receivers in one month. So the Falcons, with or without Julio, will still have Ridley engaged, who are both dangerous wide receivers. And we've seen guys like Woods, Cup, obviously Hill, just torch These corners, and I'm telling you, Ridley is going to make some of these corners look like fools with some of the routes he runs. Gage is also a speedster. So again, if Julio is out, I think Gage almost has to be in your lineup at 4,500 in a game I think they're going to be down in anyway. But again, if Julio isn't playing, I still like going with Gage at 4,700. I still think he does enough at that value to allow you to build up, You know, maybe get a Henry or... You know, one of these top quarterbacks like Rodgers or something. It just gives you a little bit of money elsewhere. He's my low-tier play. Who's yours, Joe? Um,
1: I'm I'm going back to the well with Nelson Aguilar at five thousand. Obviously, i was so mad I did
0: not notice this when I was looking at it. Like I can't believe his value didn't go up.
1: Yeah, that's the weird part. Obviously, the worry then is a bunch of people are going to put him in their lineups, but I think or is they know, not, because... I don't
0: think so, right?
1: That's true. It's the Thursday game. And I, you know, I think the Chargers are still like seventh on DraftKings against wide receivers. So that'll scare some people away. The but, uh, so,
0: last week, though.
1: But look, Aguilar, over his last four games, is averaging 16 points and, and nine targets per game, uh, seven end zone targets over the last four, That's which crazy. leads the NFL. So he's number one in end zone targets over that time. And even though it was seven, he's only caught two touchdowns. So you know, he's still underachieving over that time span, especially when you throw in, he's third in the league in air yards with 627. So again, air yards is just how far the pass is thrown to you. Travel in the air before you factor in yak. So the only guys with more over the last month are Marvin Jones and Calvin Ridley. He's ahead of everyone else in the league. So he's Involved in the red zone, he's getting the end zone targets. He's the deep, he's the main deep threat, even over Henry Ruggs. Which, you know, the thing I wasn't all in on Ruggs is the reality is he wasn't the main deep threat in at Alabama either. So I really like Aguilar. He Uh, wasn't
0: the scariest guy on the field.
1: Yeah the the Chargers defense, you know their their corners are just okay Uh, on PFF. Hayward is the 70th-ranked corner, and Chris Harris is 85th. So you can take advantage of these guys. As the Atlanta receivers did last week, the problem was that Matt Ryan threw it to the other team a few times. but was so bad. The opportunity is there, and he's going to be the guy who continues to get them outside of Darren Waller in this offense. So when he's still down there at 5,000 and he's not facing an elite defense, I like him.
0: I I love that play. I really was. I was angry at myself when you sent me the list because I I didn't even check after that monster game he had last week and how well he's been playing, what his value is out, and I'm again that would have been right along with my basically what I'm going with this week, which is just value plays. That is a value play at 4900. I mean, you can't you can't get a better play. Uh, moving on to tight end, Rob Gronkowski is my upper tier guy. He's 4200 versus Atlanta. Gronk has been quiet lately, but this is kind of why I like him so much this week and also at his his cost, but he has feasted on teams that have struggled versus tight ends. The The Falcons have been better against the pass and tight ends as of late, but they still give up four more receptions to tight ends in seven of their last eight. In Gronk's five games with four receptions or more, he is averaging 16 points per game, Three of his five touchdowns have came in those games, and he scored double figures in all of them. With Jones looking like he's going to be out due to COVID, I think the Bucks are going to throw more. I think Gronk does some ser- serious damage. If he gets four more targets, which I think he does, he's proven. If he gets four catches, he's going to have a double-digit game. I think they're going to have to kind of dink and dunk on this Falcons team. That's honestly the easiest way to move the ball on, is just to take 10, 15 yards at a time. I think Gronk has five, six catches. If he does, he's definitely going to have a touchdown. If he gets 15 to 20 points at 4,200, that is a really good uh, piece to build your lineup. He's my high-tier option at tight end.
1: Yeah, I like that. Again, you know, I'm really in on Brady this week, and most of the time throughout the last decade, if, I'm, if you're in on Brady, you're in on yeah. Gronk. <laughs> so I like that. Um, my top-tier play is Hawkinson at 5,200. Again, he's just been an insanely consistent player this year. He I'm only trying has to tell one... you
0: guys every week. I hope, I hope people have played him a lot, because he really hasn't gone up that much either.
1: Yeah, he just stays in that like high 4,000s, low 5,000s, even though, again, he's as consistent as anyone who's not Travis Kelsey. Um, only one game below 9.3 points. And... It, the main issue with him is he hasn't really had an explosion game, but it really feels like he's due for one. Right. Um, over the last four weeks, he's averaging five and a half receptions for 71 yards on nine targets per game. So, and he's only caught one touchdown in that time. So prior to that, those four games, he had five on the year. Yeah. So the fact that he's seeing the ball more, getting more yardage, and he only has one means there's going to come a game here where he has you know six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown, and then you're looking at a 20-point game. And I think there's a reasonable chance that it happens this week against the Titans. Uh, they're 21st on DraftKings against tight ends. So they're not awful, but they're not good. And as long as Galladay's out, Hawkinson and Jones are just going to see a lot of targets, especially in this game, because I expect the Titans to hang 30-plus on Detroit. So they're going to have to fling it. I think Swift and... makes him a better offense, too, where they're able to yeah, move the I, ball out. Absolutely. Better. Just having a, a dynamic guy at running back, I think, helps everyone in that offense. So I, I really like him this week. I, he's going to have an explosion sometime in the next three weeks. I really th- I think the chances are that it's this week.
0: What do you think about Chase Daniels this week at 5,000 if Stafford's at for the bargain play at quarterback?
1: Oof. That's an interesting one. 5,000. Uh, I mean, the Titans that, are
0: terrible against pass. That's
1: true. I mean, I'd have to take a look at Chase Daniel. I can't <laughs> say I've really analyzed him at all this year. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, they're going to have to throw a lot because the Titans are going to light them up, and that Titans defense has not been good. So, yeah, at 5,000, I think, again, that's another one where – If you're taking Stafford or Chase Daniel, you want to combine them with either Jones or Hawkinson. I think that's a must.
0: I I agree. Uh, I just I don't know if I can trust Stafford this week. It's funny that I I can't believe I'm saying this, but I would actually rather play Daniels if he's starting over Stafford if he's starting. It's just because Stafford's so banged up right now. He still doesn't have Galladay. We're getting to the point where they're not going to. It's the same thing with Galladay with Julio. I mean, why would they bring him back at this point? Uh, right. And it doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So my middle tier tied in Irv Smith Jr. for the Vikings, 3600 versus the Bears. He had his best game of the year, despite only playing 35% of the snaps last week. Most of what I've read has said this was due to him coming back from a back injury. It was not because he's been overtaken on the depth chart. Right. Because you may know Kyle Rudolph is out, or he was out. He's trending towards missing another game this week. That, that means I think Smith gets more snaps. If that's uh, you know, being a second game back, and the Bears are just awful against tight ends. They give up six catches for 60 yards and nine touchdowns to tight ends. It's arguably the weakest part of their defense, and that's something I expect the Vikings to attack. Uh, I actually think Irv Smith at 3,600 has one of the most boom potential of any of our plays this week, I could easily see him having six, 50, uh, six catches for 50, 60 yards and a touchdown. That's 18, 20 points for a tight end. Like you're, especially at 3,600, you're in for a, a, a pretty good day if you get that out of your tight end for 3,600.
1: Yeah, I really like the explosion potential there too, which, I mean, I, I, when you're looking at these guys, if you can get a guy who gives you a safe 10 at 3,600, that's great. But obviously, especially if you're doing a larger pool one, though, you kind of are looking for those explosion guys, which is why I like that pick because I think he is—he's the most talented guy, even over Rudolph. And so, hopefully, he just gets more involved throughout the rest of this year, and then he gives them another another element
0: too to their offense. Because I mean, you know, they obviously have a great running back; they have two great receivers. And I mean, you know, you start—no offense to Rudolph—he's done. Uh, at least being a real yeah. playmaker, uh, right. making a playmaker at tight end, that offense is starting to become scary on pretty much every front.
1: So, so much like the QBs, I'm just going more expensive than you are, Keith. Where my mid tier, you got
0: fatter wallets than I do, Joe. Yeah, guys. my
1: my mid tier is higher than your <laughs> top tier, which is Eric Ebron at 4,400. Again, a guy who's been just under the radar, very consistent, double digits in seven of his last nine, um, at least five targets in eight straight games. He has 27 targets over his last three games. And the Bengals are a fantastic matchup for any tight end, let alone one who's this involved in the offense. Uh, they are 31st on DraftKings against tight ends. They're dead last in the NFL in receiving yards, allowed to tight ends at 67 yards per game. Uh, Two of their last three games saw tight ends go over 100 yards. We had Evan Ingram go off, we had Gasecki go off. Ingram
0: went off in one
1: half, right? Yeah, that's true, because once Jones went down, Ingram was hardly seeing the ball at all from Colt McCoy. The Browns' tight end scored three touchdowns against them earlier this season. So, and I mean Austin Hooper has been okay this year, but you know, anytime you're giving up three touchdowns to a tight end that's not Waller or uh, Kittle or well, shooting who? uh, Why am I blanking on the Chiefs guy's name right now? Kelsey. (laughs) Kelsey, or Kittle if he was still healthy. If you're not giving up, if you're giving up three touchdowns to anyone who's not one of those guys. Even if it's for the whole team, you know your defense is bad. Joe, just don't and forget you
0: have the lingering COVID. You know that's true. Time, like, you know, that's true. Exactly. How could you forget move to call you out on it? It's like, yeah, yeah, right. COVID asshole. Exactly. How?
1: That's the the only reason I could possibly forget the tight end who's leading the league in receiving yards.
0: First time ever. Yeah.
1: But uh, I mean, what I do like got Ebron Two. and
0: girls, right?
1: Exactly. Is that? <laughs> it's so hard, especially with Deontay having all these drops now where he was really the guy we could count on. It's hard to guess which receiver is going to go off for the Steelers where Ebron's just giving you, again, 10 points on average. He's giving you 10 plus at a really low value. So I think Kevin like, Smith-Schuster
0: are the two only guys you can play Unless you're just taking a huge gamble, because, I mean, Smith-Schuster is another guy that he's not going to have a huge game, but he'll have that 12 to 18 points almost every week. Uh, And it's just, to me, it's, you know, how much is he priced that week? I think Ebron at 4,400, again, I mean, he's not that much difference in points per game to Hawkinson or the consistency, and he's 800 bucks cheaper.
1: So, I I would also throw in that James Washington is a guy to give a look this week because he's actually been out playing Claypool and then obviously replaced Deontay last week. And he's only five touchdowns despite
0: only having 28 receptions. uh, Washington could have a huge game. And again, the Bengals suck. So,
1: it could be that they get up big.
0: (laughs) They still, you know, the Bengals, I mean, the Steelers are not afraid to throw it late, even up. That's what they do. Maybe Washington gets more opportunities this week, whether it be for Johnson's drops or just because they're winning. Uh, I really like, I think he's like 3,900, right? He's
1: pretty cheap. Yeah, I think it's 3,900, yeah. Uh,
0: we have the same uh, bargain tier tight end. and So since IU got started with, why don't you go ahead for Cole commit?
1: Um, I mean, the big thing for him is, I mean, he was one of the highest regarded tight ends in last year's draft. And the last Two weeks, he's seen seven targets both weeks, so he's getting the opportunity. He And it's not just he's been lucking out when he's playing. He is getting the vast majority of snaps over Jimmy Graham now. He is the guy there. Um, Vikings, not a terrible defense against tight ends, but we've seen people go off a few times this year. Uh, Colts tight ends earlier this year had over 100 yards against them. Uh, Tanyan had a big game. And uh, just two weeks ago, the Vikings, and I don't even think Smith had that big of a game, but 10 receptions for 86 yards, four tight ends in that game. So and I, the value is just insane because he's 3,000.
0: Seven targets for a tight end at 3,000 in the last two weeks. Exactly. And the Vikings have given up three touchdowns in their last six games. So they've been good against go. tight ends, but they've given up half their touchdowns in the season in the and last again, three games.
1: Not a fluke that he's becoming more involved. He's a rookie. It took him a little t- tight ends generally. Often, they even take the full year to really yeah. figure things out. So it makes sense that late in the year he's seeing more playing time. And you know, Trubisky hasn't looked awful. So they've been actually moving the ball. So I think and at, at three thousand, if he just catches a touchdown, you're fucking set, that's seven points on it. it's eight points, like seven or eight points right there. So, he was almost I think uh Trubisky was he's almost a
0: quarterback off. Yeah. Like, I, I actually at him too. had him and then I swapped it to Minshew. Uh Minshew has done it a little bit more consistently in the games he started than yeah.
1: I just I, hated the idea of picking Trubisky. That was the main I, thing. I do too. I but there's, I, I, there's, I hated it the Montgomery the to do. last yeah.
0: week again. And Montgomery had an eighty yard touchdown run in the first quarter. And it's like, thank God listen <laughs> on some of my lineups there. Uh so moving on to the flex, where I, I think I mean, it's loaded this week. Um, My high-tier guy, probably I think the safest play this week there is for the cost, Allen Robinson, 7,400 at Minnesota. Man, Trubisky loves throwing Allen Robinson. Uh, He's had 33 targets in the three games since Trubisky's came back, 23 receptions, 272 yards, three touchdowns, 70.2 points. The Vikings have given up a touchdown to wide receivers in nine of their last 10 games, 15 in those 10 games. And if any Bears receiver is going to catch a touchdown, it's probably going to be Allen Robinson. I think he's a must-play indoors against a Bad's Vikings D. And again, at 7,400, I think he's got probably a lower floor than a lot of the receivers above him that are significantly more expensive. I love Allen Robinson at seventy four hundred this week.
1: Yeah, are there, there's basically not a week where I don't like Allen Robinson, especially with Trubisky <laughs> Right, he's the again the whole offense just looks more explosive with Trubisky. As sad as that is to say, for for both the Bears and for Nick Foles um my high tier flex guy is stefan diggs 7900 again just a guy who's been insanely consistent he has 10 plus points every single week this year uh we just saw him put up 32 on the steelers who are the best defense most of that in the the nfl yeah i mean again just the targets are insane for him routinely 24 targets over the last two weeks, and that's not even that weird of a thing for him. And then, you know, I think people might be a little scared off by seeing the Broncos are seventh on DraftKings against wide receivers, but I wouldn't worry too much about that. They're now down Bryce Callahan and A.J. Bouye, so that's two of their top three corners. Um, A a guy I've never even heard of, Essang Bassi, is also out, so it's just... Duke Dawson Jr. and Kevin Tolliver, which I'm sure those names strike fear into everyone's hearts. So the point is, we've got a third-round rookie in a journeyman corner, now Manning, that backfield. The Panthers just went off against them, 19 receptions for 207 yards for their wide receivers. And again, that was without DJ Moore. So I honestly, you could pick a bill, and I think it's a solid play this week.
0: That's what I'm saying. the but, Beasley at 4,400. You just may have taught me. And,
1: and then John Brown, I believe they just activated him off the IR, but I don't know his price. But if he doesn't go, Gabriel Davis has been seeing a lot of action recently, and he's only around 4,000. So I think any Bills receiver could be a solid play this week. But obviously, Stefan Diggs is freaking fantastic. He's a top five wide receiver. So uh, with him under 8,000 going against. Backup cornerbacks—that's hard to resist.
0: He's had ten receptions in three of his last four games.
1: Right, receptions, that- <laughs>
0: not targets. Receptions. Uh, he's another one of those guys. It's just amazing he has only five touchdowns. He has a hundred receptions what? and eleven hundred <laughs> yards, and he's a speedster. I mean, it's not like—at I mean, least for all. Cooper Cup, I can understand he's not burning people, but uh, it's—it's that—that's just shocking to me. Uh, but I do really love Diggs. He's, he's been so good this year. Uh, my middle tier is uh, the man T.Y. Hilton. You know, I talked about him above with Rivers. I guess you can just say they, they just need to get on the same page. You know, and Hilton and Rivers were both veterans who had not played together because Hilton looked washed up. And, I mean, I think I said on the podcast, Michael Pittman Jr. is their number one receiver. What, what a great soundbite for your boy. Uh, In the last three games, Hilton has scored 18, 28, and 25 with 23 targets, at least 80 yards in each of those games, and four touchdowns. Two weeks ago, he burned this bad Texan secondary, eight catches 110 yards and a touchdown. I know he's probably going to be high on at 5,500. I don't care. He's a number one receiver with a quarterback that I like this week, a great matchup. And, again, we talked about it with Ayuk. He scored – Three straight games, 18, 28, 25. He's averaging over 20 points for that three-week stretch. 5,500, you're not going to get a better deal. I mean, he's going to be in my lineup. he probably be in almost all of them. I love T.Y. Hilton in the middle tier.
1: God, and we, we legitimately just wrote him off for death. Like We were I talking did. about Michael Pittman a few yeah. weeks ago, and it was just like, he's the number one. T.Y. Hilton does not matter anymore. Yeah. So, so it's a of course. He, yeah, he rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> Looks fantastic again. And well, he yeah, does. Like,
0: it looks like the old T.Y. Hilton. Like nobody could cover him the last couple of games. He's open all the time.
1: But, l- like we've said, you know, that Texans defense also is just awful. The, 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 the only worry really is if those running backs just take up all the points because they're winning by so much. But I, I expect, you know, to stay close enough where they're going to have to keep yeah, passing. And Rivers so. has
0: thrown multiple touchdowns in seven of his last eight games.
1: Yeah, which, again, why he's a good play for your lower-tier guy. Um, My mid-tier flex is a guy we've talked about a lot last couple weeks. It's Corey Davis at Uh, 5,800. Last week was the second time all year where he has not scored double digits. And I think the only real reason for that was, you know, credit to Corey last week where I picked Tannehill. And he said, you know, that's a solid play, but I just my the way I see that game playing out is it's just going to be Derrick Henry getting a ton of runs, and that's exactly what happened. He had a massive I will massive say game. though that
0: AJ Brown had the big game, and if it's you still take still those cards, receptions, you know, touchdowns, and they go to Corey Davis, which there's been plenty of games like that. Right. You know what I mean? It still would, you know. I mean, it just right now Corey Davis at this price, you have to keep taking him. I mean, like again, and, and I think Corey talked about it last week. Even better, now everybody's off the center. You know, last week, mm-hmm. everybody had him in their lineup. Now people are off of them. What'd you say? It's the second game this year they hadn't scored at least 10?
1: Yeah, only the second game. Uh, he missed one or two, but it's nine of 11 games. He's gotten <laughs> 10 plus, and he's still under 6,000. He averages 15.9. Uh, even last week, even with last week, only seeing three targets, and he caught all of them for 34 yards. He's still top 20 over the last four games in air yards in the NFL. So, what the week before he had 12 targets. So, you know, it's just, it's going to depend on that. If Henry's running
0: for 200 yards and three touchdowns, you're not going to get a lot of targets. Right. You're the number two options.
1: Again, the Lions have just been just generally bad, but now they're banged up. Fonts out for, I believe, the year. And uh, so is Akuda. So the O'Reilly is the only starting corner even left there, and he's mediocre.
0: Just remember um, what Devontae Adams, guys like Will Fuller, these guys yeah. have torched the Lions. Corey Davis and A.J. Brown are both guys that I could yeah.
1: see. I, I almost went with Brown for one of these slots. Too expensive I almost said that all right,
0: because it's still the,
1: the Right. When the difference between them is $1,500, it's like I'd. Take Corey's. They almost
0: have the exact same numbers. I think Brown has a few more touchdowns, but I know that yeah. uh, Davis has more yards and receptions.
1: And then I almost—I all—I consider Tannehill over Brady, but Brady was a hundred bucks cheaper, and I—I I am worried about Derrick this game Henry. also being a Derrick Henry game, where with Ronald Jones out, I'm not worried about that at all for Tampa.
0: He's but, a fucking monster. I looked at—you know—we were on the phone looking at his numbers. He's got like 15 touchdowns and I think 1,400 yards already.
1: And then uh, the Lions, the last five weeks against wide receivers, they've given up at least 190 yards, and that was by far their best game against the Bears. The other four games, at least 240 yards to receivers. Um, Two of those games, they saw over 20 receptions to wide receivers, five touchdowns in that span. So if the Lions can put up some points and just make sure that they have to keep throwing the ball occasionally. I think this is a great spot for Corey Davis and a good one for AJ Brown too. It's just again the value is fifteen hundred dollars. I'd rather roll with Corey.
0: I completely agree. And Brown also has that questionable tag. I don't know if that's something that you you know we got to actually really right. monitor or if it's just you know one of those deals. But you definitely need to pay attention to that. Uh, my low tier, and I went with a tight end. It's not Darren Waller. It's not Travis Kelsey.
1: Yeah, this is a new one for us. This is Brian Tanyan.
0: History. It's the first time we've had a tight end on here. And, again, I'm going with value. And at 4,500, I started thinking about it because I do like enough of the guys, that you saw at 4,200 or less, that I feel like I can put somebody in the tight end and then I can still have this as a flex position and then I can really try to play some of those higher plays at wide receiver running back quarterback. But, I mean – Tanya has scored a touchdown in four straight. He's had five catches in four straight games. He's averaging 15 points per game during that span. The Panthers in just their last five games have given up 467 or 464 yards, 37 receptions, three touchdowns. Um, I, I don't see how Tanya doesn't continue the double figure streak. He's, if he gets five targets against this defense, he's going to have double di- uh, digits. Don't forget, he put up a 30-point game earlier in the year. So if for some reason the Panthers are one of the few teams that are able to slow down Adams or slow down Jones, Tanyan is basically that third option that they have. I think he has uh, five or six touchdowns on the season. Uh, and again, at 4,500, I mean, if he gets 12 to 17 points, I am just tickled. If he goes for more than that, I'm great. And I just most guys that you're playing at 4,500, there's a good chance they could end up scoring basically no points. Uh, I also would look at Tim Patrick this week. He is still under. I think he's 4,600 every week almost. Uh, And again, he's another guy that's had double digits, I believe, in four or five straight games. So I mean, you can go with Tanya. you can go with Patrick, but these guys have done it enough to where. It's consistent. Like both Patrick and Toney have had like eight games with double digits this season. Uh, so you play a guy like that, you can really build a lineup and know you're going to get some points out of a, a low price play. And and we'll get to the defense in a minute. If you want to spend a little bit more on defense, you can. But Ryan Toney's my low tier at 4,500 for flex.
1: Yeah, I like that one. And you know, again, if you if you do go follow my advice and take Aaron Rodgers as a high tier guy. Obviously, always the best option is to stack him with Adams, but that's very expensive. So I think Tanya is a great alternative to that. Uh, my lower tier guy, and this would be even more than Chark, the guy I would go with, with Minshew, and that's Keelan Cole. Uh, he's only 4000 so he's insanely cheap. He's as low
0: as they can go, right? Are you saying receivers can go around
1: 3,500, right? Yeah, receivers can go a little bit lower, but obviously not far above. And over the last four weeks, he's had five end zone targets. He has 368 air yards, which is 21st in the NFL. And the guy directly above him is Keenan Allen, and directly below him is DeAndre Hopkins in air yards. Wow. So that tells you, like, he's getting legitimate, like, wide re- at least wide re- high end wide receiver two action on that on the Jags and a big thing that I hadn't realized till today is how much more consistent he was, when yeah, I mean, Minshew Minshew, was yeah he was
0: great the first six weeks because
1: the first yeah again first six weeks with Minshew he had four double digit games one of them was 23 points which is his high on the year uh, last week I don't know what the breakdown is with his targets in that game from before and after Minshew came in but I'm kind of guessing it wasn't you know, just random happenstance that he had 12 targets and 20 points in the game where Minshew came back. So I think even, maybe even more than Chark, he's the guy who benefits from the return of Minshew. He's $1,000 cheaper. And also the Ravens have been given up the third most catches to slot receivers over the last month. And they're, surprisingly, there's only 16th against wide receivers overall. So, and obviously, we don't expect the Jags defense to stop the Baltimore Ravens. That's why we've talked about multiple Ravens on this podcast. So, I think Keelan Cole is your best bet and cheapest bet if you want to stack with Minshew or even if you just need, you know, a guy who's going to be a flyer for real cheap.
0: You just got me to change my lineup. (laughs) uh, Literally, right now, I'm changing... uh... I had, I had Washington in a couple of lineups, and I, I, I like Cole better because I know he's going to start. I mean, he, he plays inside and outside in the Jaguars. He was on my uh, lineup, I guess it was two or three weeks ago. He's actually on, I think, two weeks in a row. Uh, I love Cole, and, and I did know only because I'd done the research before that he, he was great early in the year with Minshew and uh, you know was hoping maybe Glennon would get him back going, but it looks like it's actually Minshew that has. Uh, the defense this week, I think – that all three of my plays are pretty safe. And that's scary because we have not done <laughs> on defense this year, but we're coming off again. a uh, week where We had three defenses that we gave and four of our six picks scored 12 or more points. Three of the six picks scored 20 or more points. Uh, the Rams at 4,500 versus the Jets is my high tier. Jets have given up three sacks or more in eight games this year. The Rams have four or more sacks in six games this year. That's strength, meeting and weakness. Uh, The Rams have forced multiple turnovers in eight games this season. The Jets' offense has turned it over multiple times in five games this season. Again, that's strength versus weakness. If you have the cash, don't overthink it. I love the Rams' 4,500. The Niners at 3,100 versus Dallas is my middle-tier defense. The Niner D has scored seven points or more in three of their last four. The Cowboys have given up 34 sacks and turned the ball over 24 times. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, the Cowboys have only scored 19 or more points in two of their last eight. The Niners can get sacks. They can create turnovers. Uh, I actually think this is one of the biggest mismatches of this week. I, I love the Niners. I don't know what the line is with the Niners going to Dallas, but I would be all over uh, the Niners if I was on the backdoor cover. And then my low tier, again, Redskins, 2,600 versus Seattle. Excuse me, i got to stop saying that. Washington <laughs> football team That's versus right. Seattle, 2,600. It's been a while, man. Uh, I mean, we don't little... talk
1: about them a lot. So it That's makes fair. sense. That
0: Outside of my, my dude, Terry Scary and, uh, and basically Antonio. But Washington has scored double figures in three of the last four games. They've had, uh, I think, four sacks in the same in three of those four games or more. They have 40 sacks on the year, and I just remember the New York Giants going into Seattle with a similar, but I don't think, as talented front seven, given Seattle, fits.
1: No, that's true. That's and then having have issues definitely more talented than front moving
0: seven. the ball, and the Redskins are at home with a more talented front seven against Seattle. Now, Carson is back, which is, I think, oh no, Carson played in that game too, didn't he? He did, because he scored that touchdown late that won me some money. So yeah. I, I, I really do like uh, this Redskins team. Oh, and by the way, the Seahawks have given up 22 sacks in their last six games. Uh, Russell Wilson better watch his back because the Redskins Uh, get pressure, and he is going to be running for his life. If he has one of those games, he's Russell Wilson is what it is. But for 2,600, I love what Corey said last week. I'm looking for turnovers. The Redskins cause turnovers. The Seahawks have been giving up turnovers lately. They get sacks. You're going to get points, whether they score points or not, when you do those two things. And a pick six, fun return for a touchdown, which the Redskins scored two defensive touchdowns last week. At twenty six hundred, there's a lot of value there. Those are my three defenses, Joe. What are yours?
1: Uh, I mean, I like all of those picks. Uh, My my top tier is you know just take the step down. I'm surprised that the difference between the Steelers or Cincinnati is six hundred dollars between Rams and Jets. Like Rams and Jets is better. I don't know if it's six hundred dollars better because I mean the Steelers are number one in interceptions. They're number one in sacks. There's a reason they're the number one defense on DraftKings. I love what you said on the phone points.
0: earlier too, that they they, you know, like last week you look at it, you get 26 points. Well, one of those was a, you know, obviously a defensive return touchdown. I think they've only given up what, 19 or more points, what, once or twice this season?
1: Yeah. And then Cincinnati is playing with a backup quarterback. <laughs> they just scored, what, seven points against Dallas, who's awful on defense. And they've had 46 sacks given up this year. Only the Eagles have given up more sacks. So, I mean, I'm shocked that game, that matchup is not over $4,000. It's really, I guess, because Washington looked decent against the Steelers a couple weeks ago, which I think was a fluke for both teams. But so I love that one. Um, I'm with you on that Washington Seattle being a good matchup. I also, for my mid tier, I like Seattle versus Washington. Uh, Seattle the defense has gone from like historically bad yardage wise to scoring at least nine fantasy points on DraftKings for three straight weeks. And I'll grant you, Philadelphia, the Giants, and the Jets is a pretty weak group to play <laughs> against. But Washington's not really. It's not. You would group Washington not far off with those teams. Especially if Haskins is back in at quarterback, I haven't double checked to see how Smith is looking. But either way, there's a
0: chance he plays. But I mean, I don't think Smith is a world beater either.
1: But I mean, this is a Seattle team that's had at least three sacks in six of their last seven, and that includes games where they had seven sacks against Buffalo, six against Philly. And I just. Is Gibson back, too? I forgot to check that. Yeah, he, he is trending towards he, he is going to be back, yes. So that gives them some life on offense, but... But it is a point, toe
0: deal to where he, you know... I mean, yeah, and to, play, to your point, talking. I think
1: this is just a defensive game all around. Cool. And, I mean, you're, you're giving me a defense that's been playing pretty solid for the last month against a bad offense at 3,100. I really like that. Uh, my lower tier is the Cardinals at 2,900 against the Eagles. Obviously, you know, the Eagles showed some life on offense last week, but 17 of their 24, I believe, points were in the first half. Once New Orleans got used to what they were seeing, they shut it down. The Cardinals are not as good of a defense as New Orleans, but they now have a week's worth of film. Again, the Eagles, granted most of those sacks were the Wentz. They are dead last, 53 sacks already on the year. And anyone who watched my Giants saw how effective the Cardinals can be with that pass rush they had eight sacks last week. So I expect them to get after the quarterback. I expect them not to be as flummoxed as the Saints were early on. Vance Joseph is a good defensive coordinator. And also, you know, if you wanted to go even lower, I don't think, you know, it's crazy – to even take the Dallas defense at 2,700, although I, I would probably lean Washington your pick over that. But to Cor- what Corey mentioned to us last week is San Francisco just keeps turning the ball over. Oh, I yeah. like seven, six or seven weeks in a row with multiple turnovers, which continued last week and was a big boost to us in a number of our lineups. So I, I, I never want to say pick the Cowboys in anything, especially <sighs> for their defense. And, I, again, we like the wide receivers and running backs. I think, but I think the key there is I expect San Francisco to score points, but I wouldn't be surprised if they also turn the ball over twice and some Dallas defender has a touchdown. So
0: The Pats is another defense that just watch out for. Um, yeah.
1: We We're saw what they team. did
0: to Justin mm-hmm. Herbert. No offense. Tua is way more limited at this point. Than Justin yes. Herbert is, and they made Sandy it. Now, granted, I think Flores is a much better coach than Lynn. So hopefully he has that's a better that's game true. plan. That would
1: be good with that.
0: But Belichick usually he just I mean he he's Belichick. Like he's gonna see things yeah. that is doing and he's gonna confuse the hell out of them. And if they don't run the ball on the Patriots, I could see the Patriots like really making Tua look bad. That's just what they do to rookie quarterbacks. You're yeah, to you try to tell think- me the Herbert game. I didn't listen to you, and, I mean, he got smoked.
1: Do you do you think it's also possible that this last offseason, like prior to the draft, that Belichick was talking to Nick Saban a lot about Tua? So, like, in the vein of, like, oh, like we, we might trade up and draft him, but then it, it's really just in case Miami takes him. Now I know.
0: <laughs> I can promise you that the second he heard that Miami was interested, too, which that rumors were out there for months with his Eventually. relationship. Saving, he was going, I need all I need to know right? on this guy right now. Uh, that's why he's Belichick. I can't believe they're not eliminated from the playoffs, but uh, if, if, for instance, the Bucks lose to my Falcons on Sunday, uh, I, I love, I don't know if you listen to Ron Russo's podcast, but – he has a uh, ongoing week to week rating of who's greater, Belichick or Brady, on what's going on. <laughs> the whole thing is ridiculous, and he's got well, Belichick ahead by exactly. He's got Belichick ahead by a nose right now because of how awful uh, his team is. Uh, and so with that, Joe, we've got to the end of week fifteen. Um, we obviously like the last couple of weeks, you know, I've been putting up some picks late on the website because you know stuff will come out, information. Yeah. Reading, uh, if you have any additional picks, I want you to do the same. I meant to tell you that sure, last I week, see. I want us to you know share as much support. Obviously, start with the all stars earlier, and then we'll really sit to the page, uh, you know, the regular page kind of the morning of. Uh, but we, we do appreciate all the people who listen to it, the people that are reaching out, uh, the support. As I was wanting to jump off a ledge last week, is after an unbelievable like eight week run of me winning money. On DraftKings, I didn't win any money last week, like, none. Like, there's nothing more depressing when you open up the app and there's no green. Like, I had not seen it in so long. I it forgot is, how depressing true. it is. You're like, really? And then you're looking and you're like, oh, I got Aaron Jones in this lineup, Aaron Jones in that lineup. Uh, but it really has. It's been a great year. You got anything you want to plug before we get out of here?
1: Um. I have some buddies who have a podcast uh, on the subject, which is a pop culture podcast. Uh, they, they bounce around this year. They did I – I don't know if people will remember this now, like a year later. But Martin Scorsese had some big quotes last year about whether, like, the MCU was cinema. And so they, they did a series where they talked about different movies and decided what was and wasn't cinema – They've been breaking down uh, The Career of Joseph Gordon-Lovett, which is just kind of a Ooh. fun random thing. so 500
0: Days of Summer. is one of my favorites. Right,
1: which well, One of the guys ended up defending the movie more against the other two, and I, I am also very pro 500 Days of Summer. Uh, they just did Looper, which is one of my favorites. Oh, that's a good meditation. And uh, they've also been doing every other week, they've been doing Mandalorian breakdowns. So... So there's a lot yeah, of, a lot I'm of good sure. stuff on their podcast and uh, I believe next year they're going to do it might just be for Patreon people but they're going to start doing the whole MCU which I I am hopefully going to guest on some of those as well so check their podcast out I think I it's definitely will. really fun uh and
0: I I have actually been believe it or not me and the wife have been watching the MCU uh, at least the ones on Disney Plus all over again cuz it's been so long
1: and uh did you go uh theatrical order or like mc so, timeline order i'm weird
0: i i pretty <laughs> much just did by like franchise so like i watched That's the three cool. iron mans and i watched the two guardians and then we watched I the like wars that. and uh then we've been watching all of the avengers we just refinished age of ultron and uh and i i just uh those movies are so good i mean i'm sorry like consistency <laughs> is crazy it's unbelievable i mean like I, I think that it was uh on the binge podcast they talked about the unbelievable flex it was when they made guardians of the galaxy and ant-man within like a year and a half nobody had heard of who those guys were and they both made a gazillion dollars and were great movies uh and it was at that point it was like well, marvel's going to be in our life for a long time and again i know this is a tv podcast i apologize but i'm so excited about the what if uh cartoon show oh, that They've got coming out next summer
1: Yeah, Uh, I I don't know much about that outside of like alternate reality. Yeah, it's it's insane.
0: Like I know that one of the episodes that's guaranteed for this year is uh, basically the Black Panther is the one that's scooped up by Yondu. He ends up becoming Star Lord. Uh, You have uh, Peggy uh, Carter becoming Captain America. Uh, I believe one of them showed that it's uh, basically where most of the Marvel heroes become zombies. It's a zombie apocalypse. (laughs) i'm serious and uh you got the Winter sword is actually the hero and that's that shot in it where a zombie captain america is throwing the uh the shield at him and i mean it's just supposed to be some really cool stuff i think one of them is going to be iron man is actually right. the one that gets taken uh, to ragnarok eventually fights uh right. the incredible hulk it's i mean it's going to be really cool they got the guys from the movies oh, yeah. to voice the cartoons uh and just the if you haven't seen the trailer it looks incredible like it really does I, i'm super stoked about like out of all the cool stuff that's coming out and boy both of them put out a bunch of stuff uh, that's what i'm most excited about but uh i do want to plug the ivy sports podcast network always uh the team turnbuckle podcast which is on there with myself ravishing ron l sam the shooter how who is uh back in california after
1: (laughs) the uh, shooter is that his nickname
0: yeah sam the shooter because yeah he's he's always always got the opinions uh that's true he oh he does, and uh, we uh, I, I was lucky enough to go on the uh, NFL show Sunday. I don't know how all that worked because there was four of us, and with the technology that we're using, right. we may try it again this week. Uh, if so, we'll, you know we'll give some hit picks and hopefully give some hits and misses. But definitely be sure to join the IBN Sports page. Be sure to uh, join the All Star Group, uh, Team Turnbuckle Facebook group. The IBN is on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, and, obviously, we will post these picks up. And, uh, you know, if you all have any questions, please don't be afraid to reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, Keith Fleming, you're Joe Double E Mats, right? Yeah. Yep. So that that's the two Twitter pages, and you can obviously reach us in the Ivy Sports group. But for Keith Fleming and Joe Mats, this is the week 15 – God, the season's almost over <laughs> – preview of the weekly Daily Fantasy Football Podcast. We will be back next week, uh, and we will talk to you guys soon. See you.